Well, hello, Texas fans, and welcome back to another segment of the Horns Illustrated Beyond the Stats podcast. As always, I'm Riley Zayas, one of the writers for HornsIllustrated.com, joined here by Luke White. Luke, say hello to the people. Doing good. Can't wait to talk some ET sports. Yeah, we're, we definitely got a lot to cover. A lot has been happening since the conclusion of the basketball seasons. And, of course, baseball, softball in full swing. Uh, we got a lot to discuss in this upcoming segment regarding the Texas men's basketball team. They are in the offseason, but, Luke, uh, it certainly hasn't felt like that. There's been news coming out from the team almost every day, whether that be a player transferring, a commit, uh, flipping, and, and choosing Texas over you know, their previous commitment. Uh, and then, most importantly, the biggest news around the program, Chris Beard, uh, hired to replace Shaka Smart. Uh, Chris Beard comes from Texas Tech. He's a UT alum, served as a student assistant coach under former, you know, Longhorn head coach Tom Penders. And uh, Chris Beard seems to fit every single, you know, kind of checkbox that the Texas, you know, athletic department wanted when they were looking for a head coach. He has proven himself. He's led a team that was previously kind of average. And led them to national championship success with Texas. We've seen some up and down seasons in past years, but he definitely has the formula down to a T on how to get a team not only into the NCAA tournament, but winning games in the NCAA tournament. You're absolutely right, and I think why and that's why I think this is such a great hire for Texas. Um, I guess I wasn't too surprised when uh, the news uh, broke that Chris Beard would be the new head coach just because. As you mentioned, he is uh, he is an alum of Texas. He uh, played a big role uh, in the basketball program at the time, being a student assistant. And uh, I think it's really cool to see him kind of go back to his roots and go back to his alma mater. Uh, but at the same time, I, I was, a, I guess, a bit surprised. You know, kind of like you talked, he had built such a great program at Texas Tech and was uh, really kind of uh, had a very deep connection with that program. Uh, so it's uh, with that being said, it's certainly going to be exciting to see what he can do at Texas and maybe kind of like what he did at Texas Tech, you know, convert what is uh, what was once kind of a mediocre kind of middle of the road program into a national power. And we kind of saw the steps Texas was making to do that in Shaka Smart's last year. So, uh, yeah, all in all, I think this is a really good hire. Chris Beard is arguably one of the best coaches in the country right now. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to kind of usher in a new era of Texas basketball, kind of with the uh, construction of the Moody Center, of the new basketball arena, the new practice facility. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about how this uh, upcoming season, this Texas basketball team can look you know, drastically different. We've already got news that both Royce Ham and Donovan Williams will be transferring to UNLV. Gerald Liddell is transferring to Alabama State. And, uh, now Kamaka Heba is in the transfer portal. I think kind of uh, the one sure player, but it seems that will return is Brock Cunningham kind of announced on Twitter last week. Uh, he had spoke with Chris Beard and that he is committed to uh, returning back to Texas, but still no word on uh, kind of a big three in uh, the guards, which is uh, Matt Coleman, Courtney Rainey, and uh, Andrew Jones, because kind of with the NCAA allowing the extra year of eligibility, obviously, you know, they could return. 
also no word on Greg Brown, you know, uh, coming into the season was kind of a consensus that he would be a one and done, but after what it was uh, really kind of a, a bit of a mediocre year, uh, there is a chance I feel like that he could come back. I think Kai Jones also has emerged as kind of this top NBA, top NBA prospect on a long arm basketball team. And so he will likely be picked in the first round of this year's NBA draft. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out and what this uh, team looks like next season. Yeah, Luke, and that's a great point uh, as far as the different moving parts within the team. You, you really don't have a lot of uh, a lot of surefire things. Chris Beard does have a lot to go on as he tries to plan out, you know, for this upcoming season. And you know, I'll get back to Chris Beard here in a second. But as far as the point goes to Greg Brown, you and I were kind of talking about this a bit off air, but. You know, he, he started out so well this season. I still think he, he he's a great player, checks all the boxes for the NBA scouts, but there might be this idea that maybe if he stays in there a year now, he'll be one year older, he'll be one more year of college experience, and with that, he might have the chance to, to you know garner some accolades, to really have the season that we were expecting out of him as a freshman this year. And here's the thing with so many of these one duns, you know, he was a guy, I'll be honest. I expected a couple days after Texas lost in the first round of the tournament, him to have an announcement on Twitter that he was, you know, declaring for the NBA draft and that hasn't happened. And you know, of course you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I do want to say, you know, a lot of people were bashing Greg Brown and uh, you know, of course we don't know how his relationship with the coaching staff was, but you got to remember no matter how good he was, he's still a freshman. Adjusting to the whole idea of the college game is so hard, no matter how good you are. Uh, no matter if you're a five-star recruit, there's going to be some kind of a adjustment transition process. I think that's what we saw from Greg Brown You know, this past year. We were expecting a lot of him, but maybe we were expecting a little too much. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of like you had said, uh, at the start of the season, he was really at the top of his game. It was looking like he could, you know, become one of the top players in the Big 12 Conference, uh, certainly one of the top freshmen in the country. But things just didn't pan out for him. He really kind of put together a, a certainly not a bad year, but it wasn't a great year either. Uh, definitely not up to his standards, especially coming in as a five-star recruit. So like, kind of like you, I wouldn't be too surprised if he returns for another season, you know. You mentioned he may have had some issues with the Shaka Smartlet coaching staff. Maybe a new coach is what he needs, especially a, uh, certainly a very uh, good coach that can develop players in uh, Chris Beard. So if he does return, you know, obviously he was a freshman last year, but he can still bring, you know, a lot of knowledge and uh, natural talent to this new Texas team. Uh, so, and he would certainly be a cornerstone uh, of a team should players like Coleman, Ramey, and Jones not return. Yeah, and that's a great point, Luke. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, you talk about a new Texas team. This, this may be a very new Texas team with a lot of, of guys that you may not have seen, you know, play for Texas in the past just because of the fact, as we mentioned, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of transfers going on. Uh, I still think we're going to see maybe one or two more uh, decide to enter the portal, whether that be playing time, the coaching change, or uh, something else. I mean, we, we you never know what goes on as far as transfers go. And, you know, it's a lot of times us in the media, you know, you, you kind of say, oh, it's because the coaching staff or, oh, it's, you know, playing time. For Celeste Taylor on the women's team, it was just a chance to be closer to her family. Uh, so you have a lot of different things that go on behind closed doors. And I do think that if Greg Brown were to return, uh, 
he would not only be a starter, but he would be Texas's go-to player in the post. Of course, Brock Cunningham made a lot of great strides this year. And the one thing that really stuck out to me uh, in Chris Beard's introductory press conference uh, last Friday was that you know he made something very clear. The expectations at Texas don't scare him because the expectations are what a lot of people have been talking about. You're expected, you know, there's a lot expected out of a new coach uh, when it comes down to the wins and losses. But, you know, he, he, he almost gave this idea that he's going to embrace those expectations. In fact, he even said, you know, the expectations don't scare me. It's why I'm here. Absolutely. You know, that's definitely a very good attitude for a coach to have. And I feel like that's kind of a consistent uh, kind of across all uh, University of Texas sports is, you know, when you've got a program as historic and as a, uh, uh, previously successful as uh, the Texas Longhorns, every uh, coach is going to be met with very high expectations and standards. And kind of like what happened with Shaka Smart and Tom Herm and, if you, and Charlie Strong even, if you're not able to meet those standards, obviously you're not going to get a very good reaction from the fan base. And uh, so uh, like you, also stood out to me from Beard's press conference, and it's a very good attitude to have. You know, he knows what it takes to be successful, and he's able to take programs, you know, as I mentioned earlier in Texas Tech, that, you know, haven't had a lot of previous success and he's able to turn them into national uh, powerhouses and have a top of a big 12 conference and kind of on a similar note, you know, with the recent national national championship claimed by Baylor, uh, this is another, uh, as we've said many times before, a very deep conference, a lot of parity, as you've mentioned with teams like Baylor, uh, Kansas, um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, who uh, to mention is getting a new coach uh, in Porter Moser, but, who took Loyola Chicago to put the Final Four in the Sweet 16 uh, in the two previous NCAA tournaments. So he certainly knows what it takes to be success- successful. You got Bob, uh, West Virginia with Bob Huggins. So even uh, just like next, this season, next year is going to be a very competitive one for a Big 12 conference. So uh, Chris Beard, uh, as I said, going to be going to be met with very high expectations and high standards. But I think he's the kind of coach that can uh, respond to those well. And end up meeting those standards. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, he seems like the guy, and, and I mean, most coaches look pretty confident when they stand up there, you know, on the on the stand and, and talk about their visions for the team and the program in the next few years. But uh, he just seemed to have that attitude about him that, yeah, we're going to accomplish some big things. And Luke, I want to ask you because when it comes to the idea of expectations, what do you think the majority of the expectations will be? And this may be kind of a, a hard question, a broad question, but you know, if Texas Texas won the Big 12 title, had perhaps their best year during the Shaka Smart era this past season, but yet they also had one of their worst outings in the NCAA tournament going in and being upset by Abilene Christian. So what do you think the expectations are going to be? Is it going to be a rebuilding year because there is you know, a lot of players transferring out of the program? Or... Is it kind of going to be, well, a new coach should be able to bring some additional wins and uh, be able to make some things happen? Well, I do think it, you know, the fans may not consider it one, but if you're kind of, if you have knowledge of a program, it, it could be considered a rebuilding year with kind of a completely flipped roster that's going to look a lot different, uh, could potentially look a lot different from uh, last season's. You know, the fans may have very high standards just because, uh, you know, the team's coming off a conference tournament win in one of their best years, as you mentioned, in uh, nearly a decade. And yet, they still could not win an NCAA tournament game. So I definitely think the fans will have the expectation, you know, 
uh, to make the NCAA tournament, you know, I guess to make that even better would be to win at least a game there. So I think that's kind of the basis of it. And uh, other than that, you know, I think the fans are also expecting, you know, the team to do well in uh, conference play, even against teams like, you know, as we mentioned, Baylor, uh, Oklahoma State, and uh, Kansas, West Virginia. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, kind of uh, not to be repetitive, but, you know, Chris Beard, you know, he was met with, you know, high expectations year after year, uh, you know, following that Elite Eight appearance. And I think it was 2017 at Texas Tech. And, you know, he was able to respond to those standards, even with kind of new uh, new rosters and kind of overturned rosters with new players that didn't have much experience. And I think it's going to be very similar at uh, Texas. You know, uh, this is a team that's uh, likely going to look a lot different, but kind of still have the same expectations of uh, last season's roster. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out in kind of a fan response to how uh, Chris Beard's team does. Yeah, that'll be interesting. One thing I did want to add from Chris Beard's press conference, and this isn't something that is too surprising, but he talked about, number one, the possibility of bringing in some JUCO and grad transfers. He likes experience. We've known him to have a lot of four-year guys in his program. But at the same time, He's had a lot of one dunce, and he talked about how he likes to use that young talent. Uh, he embraces the idea of one and dunce, and that's interesting from a guy that really has built his team around experience is that he's used, yeah, so many one and dunce. So that's going to be interesting, uh, interesting dynamic because I think we are going to see a lot of older players transferring into the program, at least in these first few years, along with a lot of younger guys who may not stay around for all four years. So it seems like you may have a lack of sophomores, juniors for Chris Beard's program, uh, but then you might be heavy on the seniors, on the graduate transfers, and then, of course, on the freshmen. Yeah, definitely. And there's certainly uh, uh, kind of the tricky what you just said. There's uh, possibly uh, this could be a team with uh, uh, several, you know, uh, veterans in Coleman, Virginia Jones in the off chance that maybe they all decide to stay, or it could be a team comprised of, you know, freshmen and sophomores like Brock Cunningham, Greg Brown, and uh, some of the incoming recruits. One of those being a uh, recent Texas Tech flip in Jalen Tyson. Chris Beard recruited him while he was at Texas Tech, and Tyson is going to follow him to Austin. So it's that's the interesting part, you know. There's still not a lot of uh, certainty on what the team will look like. It could be a team with a lot of veteran experience, you know, this could be a team with, uh, you know, Jones, Ramey, Coleman, Sims, uh, Brown, and uh, Cunningham, or it could be a team comprised of these incoming recruits and maybe players that were on the roster last year but didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Yeah, yeah, and that will be interesting to see how they all plays out in the dynamics of the program. And uh, Texas fans, we thank you so much for joining, uh, tuning in to this segment of the Horns Australia Beyond the Stats podcast from Rousey's and Luke White. Have a great week. And hook them horns.